lot about I've been thinking a lot about also the need to be like in my body in a way that feels different right now. I think because so much of my social interaction now is mediated through a screen, whether it's the computer or your phone, you know, through FaceTime or making phone calls to family or friends. Um, and I was talking to my friend the other day on the phone and she was saying like, all I want to do right now is like go for walks or bake bread or like be in my garden. And I think it's just like, we have to, I feel like it's like all these parts of us that make us animals in some ways or like make us creaturely, like that those are the, what I feel called to do right now. So like what you both are talking about with expressing ourselves through art or movement, like I think just, I already feel in my head enough right now related to the news and everything that's going on and like anxiety is high and so, the things that are feeling like I just feel pulled to do are exactly what you're both are saying, creative expression, but then in addition to that, just like physical movement. My name is Rob Van Nood, and you're listening to the second season of Elevate, a podcast about big ideas, little projects, and everything in between. Educators and students share their short, elevator pitch size stories to raise your awareness of everything that is going on here at Catlin Gable School. As Catlin Gable ends its second full week of remote learning because of the COVID-19 pandemic, I was really curious about what kind of magic teachers were observing in their Zoom classes. I really wanted to share some examples that might inspire or motivate our community of teachers. But when I approached upper school English teacher Crystal Wu, middle school science teacher Berkeley Gadbaugh, and fifth grade teacher Kelly Gump, none of them felt up to having that conversation. The conversation that we did have when we spoke remotely was much more raw and realistic about what it feels like to be a teacher at this unprecedented time. I'm Crystal Wu and I teach English and journalism in the upper school. I'm Berkeley Gadba. I teach eighth grade science in the middle school. Hi, I'm Kelly Gump and I teach fifth grade in the lower school at Catlin Gable. And so we're all here on this Friday afternoon after the first full week of remote learning with our students and having a lot of mixed feelings. We just found out yesterday that we are going to be remote learning until the end of the year. So that has made what was already a pretty tiring week uh, feel even more emotional. Um, and I'll, maybe I'll just share a highlight and then ask a question if that's okay. Um, one thing I did today, so we're using the um, platform of Seesaw um, as the way to distribute most of the work to the beginning and lower school students. Uh, and then we're also using Google Classroom a little bit on the side. And so today I asked the students for an honest check-in on how they're doing. And I recorded myself making a video answering four questions. Um, how's learning from home going? what's hard about it, um, what's bringing you joy right now, and what could I do to make it better? And um, so I just finished listening to a bunch of those videos from kids, and it was just so amazing how resilient the kids are being, and how real, and um, 
how much they're handling at home and how they're having so many mixed feelings right now, enjoying being at home and how relaxing it is, but just feeling a lot of loss about not being together for the end of fifth grade, which is kind of a milestone, you know, elementary school. And, um, you know, I shared pretty honestly how I was feeling yesterday. I cried <laughs> during our morning meeting when somebody brought up, because not everybody knew about the, um, the change in the schedule to being the end of the year. So that was the first time some kids were hearing that and seeing them learn that on Zoom in the morning meeting was, it was, it really it hurt. It was hard to watch. So anyway, I was pretty honest in my um, sharing with the kids and they were really honest with me and I just I felt like we got to a new place in this really bizarre little squares of video setting um, and most of them recorded themselves outside which is what I did too it's that again monkey see monkey the kind of modeling thing anyway that that was um it was really meaningful. It helped me to know where to go next week. And I'm wondering what it's like because we have middle school and upper school. So what's the pulse of how the kids are feeling from all of this at this point? I would love to piggyback on that, Kelly, and just talk from the middle school perspective. Yeah. Um, and maybe just to share the same realization today, especially, I, I feel drained It's Friday. Um, and that sort of emotional piece felt very real today. And I think for me, I was asking my classes the same thing. And maybe it was my need to sort of check in, like, how are you doing? And, um, and that was hard to hear their responses, to be totally honest. I think it is, it is an emotional time and, it's, and different kids are reacting differently. But overall, there's a lot of sense of loss, like loss that they may not get to see their peers again if they're going somewhere else for high school. Um, they, yeah, just that, 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 so all of their social time is sort of um, taken away and there's no, and there's a sense of sort of almost hopelessness that we don't know when we're gonna get it back. Like that, mm -hmm. um, and as a teacher today, I felt very vulnerable because I sort of just wanted to collapse myself and, and knowing that that really wasn't an option um, for me to sort of, um, I could have that real moment with them, but then just by nature of maybe that's what teachers do, right? Is you sort of collect yourself and go on and that, that felt real today um, because none of it feels normal, at least to me, it does not feel normal at all. And Yes, the technical pieces may become a little bit easier, but um, that in and of itself doesn't feel great. <laughs> yeah. It's so lovely to hear both of you share what you are sharing because I think I've been feeling, I, I just feel lonely a little bit professionally right now. Um, and I think it's because, you know, we're connecting again through these, through these Zoom calls and through email, but it just isn't the same as like being in a room with colleagues. And um, so I've been feeling all of what you are both describing and our, my students are feeling all of the same emotions as well. A lot of loss, a lot of grieving. Um, but, it, but I've been feeling a little bit like I'm the only one feeling that. And like maybe, you know, Rob, when he asked us to be on this, your prompt about 
like sharing the magic, I was like, I just do not feel like there's <laughs> magic happening. Um, yeah. And I actually have been, fe- I think because so much of what I've realized, you know, I teach reading and writing and speaking, which I think many people are like, great, that can very easily translate to an online setting. And I just have realized that so much of what we do in our classes and the way that we create community is through that physical connection in many ways. Like Mm -hmm. I'm missing, like, especially with my ninth graders, you know, when we would transition, we would like, you know, sometimes all sit on the ground together or like sit on our chair, like sit on the table and have a discussion. And then when we would shift, we'd give each other high fives, like just those little in-between moments that are just gone now. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't, hadn't really realized like how those little transition moments or these, you know, these like millisecond long moments actually can make a class. Um, And yeah, I've just my, I think my seniors in particular, I've been feeling um, just so much empathy for and just lack of certainty around how are we going to honor, you know, Kelly, you're talking about the fifth grade graduation milestone. How do you honor like a senior who's graduating from our school? Some of them are lifers. Like, how do you honor that without the physical component? Um, and just wanting to make space for all the feelings that they're having, but then also recognizing, and I think Rob, you named this and some of you have named that for some kids, this is actually also kind of great. And for some kids being away from school and being away from the social and other kinds of pressures is actually a relief. And so I think I've been really trying to feel what I'm feeling and be honest with that with the students, but also make space for different kinds of reactions to our new reality because I think for some kids there's such loss and for other kids actually it's yeah hasn't been it's actually been nice and so um but yeah I really miss being physically together um it just feels like all the great parts of my job are just so drastically different now um so it's really nice to hear you both share that so thank you for sharing I, um, there's, in terms of the, that point you just made about um, different kids having different experiences of being at home, one of the sort of little um, surprises is that one of my students who is, you know, a truly outlier with like a triple learning difference um, challenge, he has been thriving in this. And it's so interesting how being at home has made him less jumpy, less antsy. He comes to my seesaw support with questions all the time and like just like really well articulated questions. And then he gets the work done and he's feeling really successful. Um, that's not, I mean, that's kind of the exception. <laughs> um, you know, other kids that have learning challenges, this has been really hard because there's all these layers of executive function and cognitive load that they're um, up against. And so having to really differentiate on the fly and talk to parents a lot to, to try to make, the, make this possible for it to work for them. It's just interesting how you can't really predict that for which kids it's gonna be better or for which kids it's gonna be harder. One of the things that I've been thinking about is like what, what is this period of time helping to develop in ourselves as teachers and developing kids. And my first 
thought was, oh, this is really teaching everybody how to be astronauts that are going to go on like a year long trip to Mars <laughs> because it's like, that's kind of like the experience we're all kind of having, which is, I don't know if everybody's <laughs> training for that, but um, how to survive. Yeah, the survival piece. Um, but I'm, I'm curious. Um, I, I really appreciate the, you know, the vulnerability about, you know, the emotional state. And I, I think um, we didn't expect that. I don't think people, we thought like, we'll just move into this and we'll deal with these technical challenges. Um, and it seems that we have to address that emotional piece really, you know, it's like, Kelly said, this is our first full week. We had a week before a break, but I think that felt more like, well, we're just going to make it through this. Um, how do you think uh, we should address that? How, like, what are some of the ways you've been thinking about or talking with maybe peers about that, you know, using, not getting too bogged down in the emotions and just letting that run everything, but, um, you know, starting on Monday, maybe having, you know, what do we do with that emotional piece? And then how can we use this as an opportunity to maybe rethink about how school can be as well? Any thoughts about that? Um, I say having a safe place for people to share where you're not uh, like, this, for example, feels like one because we know each other and I feel like we can share in a safe setting. But I think kids need that too, um, to be able to just say like, man, that was a lot of work. I wasn't expecting to stare at the screen that much or I really miss, these are the things I miss. Um, and, and so maybe I guess, Rob, to your, it doesn't feel like adding more, um, necessarily is the answer, but listening for those moments when they do happen. And I think that's a, maybe something that teachers have to balance, even if it's not remote learning, right? When those real conversations come up in your classroom and you put hold on everything you were just planning and sit and listen, or do you plow on? And sometimes you make the right choice and sometimes you don't, but um, just, just being aware that that is out there, that kids kids are feeling that emotion and, um, and, and how to really provide some fun opportunities is the other piece that's running through my mind. Like what, what do middle schoolers need right now is what I want to know. Like is it the breakout escape rooms that are online or whatever else? Like it's something we need to be looking for those opportunities. Um, it's hard. We, um, one thing that Robin is my fifth grade teaching partner and um, Maggie is one of the instructional coaches and um, we were having to pivot on our end of the year capstone project. So our year long theme is peace, conflict, change and hope. And last year we did this um, open ended um, kit like sky's the limit, whatever you wanted to learn about related to peace, conflict, change or hope. Um, obviously, that's not going to be possible this year. So we did this hard pivot, um, thinking wise thing, and Maggie had taught it with me last year. So she was helping Robin and I think about um, how to, to change that. And we decided that we we're going to wrap our whole capstone around our um, literature circle book, which is the book Refugee um, by Alan Gratz. 
and then we realized um, it's a fabulous and phenomenal book, but it's also a really hard book. So we were talking about how to keep bringing hope. So um, we came up with this idea that we call it a daily dose of joy. And so in the morning when we have our morning meeting, um, you know, we go over the schedule, we get into um, breakout rooms to greet each other and, you know, something silly. And then we come back together. And then before they go start on the work and stuff, we have something each day. So like we did um, uh, the, you know, the, that band in Spain um, that are roommates that are on their balcony that are making songs about the coronavirus. So like I played that one day and it was all about, I just want to be with my friends, but I can't right now. So then I was like, you know, how can we make this work? And we got into breakout rooms. And then yesterday we showed them this um, Wonderopolis video about this man in Japan who makes candy um, animals. And it was just all about art and creativity. So then it was like, how can art get you through the dark? You know, and we talked about that. And then I read um, the Emily Dixon, Dickinson poem, Hope is a Thing with Feathers, because we just finished reading that book, Feathers. Um, so every day we have a different, either it's music or art or poetry, or like, um, you know, the New York Times, like what's going on in this picture little thing. Um, and then we share it with the kids and seesaw if they want to share it with their families and stuff like that. Um, and already kids are suggesting stuff like that Hamilton thing that with the little girl who, you know, got to see. So that's something that I feel like really has wings for, for fifth graders. They're already starting to look forward to that. Um, so that, and that's helping us too, as teachers look for funny things and light things to share with them. Yeah, I, I love that idea of, of asking that question of how can art get us through the dark? I mean, that's, it feels like that is a time right now that, you know, can, can we let go of a lot of other things and use those tools? You know, we can't just be like, well, we're just going to have a regular classes and it's going to feel the same. It, it, it's like this collective time to say, are there some opportunities to do something really different that can dig at those same ideas, but in a different way? Um, and it would be really amazing if somehow, you know, collectively the entire community had some kind of art thing that we were thinking about. I mean, that's another thing that's been kind of in my head. Do we come together as a school as a way to bring us all together saying, we're all going to create a piece of art about this time, either it's writing or music or whatever you make and, and collectively put something together that can, that can be a memory of all this time, it seems like that's also needed, kind of a tracking of the experience. Mm. Kelly, I know yes. you, you needed to, to jump off this interview and I was hoping to, to have Crystal and Berkeley chat a little bit more. Um, yeah, sounds great. Thanks everybody. Bye, Thanks Kelly. for joining us, Kelly. Have a nice week. Um, I definitely, Rob was gonna say that, um, I felt really strongly that first week, um, the idea of art and how it does get you through a lot. Um, art like me, you know, music, especially, I was finding myself like needing to just play really like meaningful music or meaningless music sometimes, or just something to get out of my own head. And that yearning for sort of, oh my goodness, I need to, paint I need to write I need to do something that feel that makes me feel human 
is how I felt, especially that first week. Um, and to be totally honest, it was interesting because oftentimes I'm sort of like the opposite, which is more data driven and like needing to um, analyze left and right and go very, um, you know, graphical and I don't even, I don't even know I'm making up words now in terms of how I felt, but I felt this opposite, which is, oh my goodness, the only way we're going to make it through this time is by self-expression and um, art. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of an aha for me. That was within the first week when I was still kind of reeling from a lot of it. So yeah, I mean, it seems like that need for connection and that need for emotion. It's like where those are the places that allow us to do those kind of things. It's really in the artistic world. Um, and it seems like worldwide, that's where people, you know, you watch those videos of people around the world doing these really beautiful things that make you feel really emotional. And it feels like those are mostly based around kind of beautiful expressions of like what it is to be human. I've been feeling a lot about, or I've been thinking a lot about also the need to be like in my body in a way that feels different right now. I think because so much of my social interaction now is mediated through a screen, whether it's the computer or your phone, you know, through FaceTime or making phone calls to family or friends. Um, and I was talking to my friend the other day on the phone and she was saying like, all I want to do right now is like go for walks or bake bread or like be in my garden. And I think it's just like, we have to, I feel like it's like all these parts of us that make us animals in some ways or like make us creaturely, like that those are the, what I feel called to do right now. So like what you both are talking about with expressing ourselves through art or movement, like I think just, I already feel in my head enough right now related to the news and everything that's going on and like anxiety is high. And so the things that are feeling like I just feel pulled to do are exactly what you're both are saying, creative expression, but then in addition to that, just like physical movement. Um, and I've been feeling really sad actually for our students because at least in the upper school, like our kids are doing a lot of work. I mean, we're asking two, you know, two hours of synchronous time per class per week, plus up to three hours of asynchronous time per class per week. So students are potentially looking at their computer for, you know, six hours a day, um, which is a lot of time. And they're also mourning and grieving and anxious and, you know, feeling a lot of what we're feeling. And so I've been trying to think a lot about how can I in my class, or how can we as teachers be including ways to include self-expression or movement in our curriculum um, and but what it means is I need to jettison a lot of my curriculum because most of my curriculum the way I was able to build in physical movement or some other expression often happened in class which now we have a lot less of that time and certainly we're not physically present with each other and so I think it's been like just rethinking and wanting to reimagine what we're doing because it feels like this this moment this time that we're in necessitates a new way of thinking about um content so. yeah i i talking to my own kids who are who are middle schoolers um and what they've really enjoyed the most about those synchronous experiences 
are really the times when they get to be in breakout rooms or, or sharing, you know, doing something and then sharing it with everybody. Um, and while you were just talking, Crystal, I started thinking about that idea of jettisoning your curriculum. And I wonder what it would feel like for people if they had some opportunity to say, we're jettisoning some of this curriculum. Let's build this curriculum together as a class in a different way. And maybe putting some of the, taking some of the pressure off teachers to feel like they have to be in charge of creating this whole new way of doing things. But maybe there's kids in the class that have like, oh, you know, I've been doing this thing and, and that could shift, you know, using breakout rooms or using those Zoom times together to actually have conversations about what, it, how could we in the next week or so redesign this class together? Like, what do you want to do? What are the things that you're experiencing? How can we use emotion or, or things like that? Um, I, I'm just thinking like, what are the possibilities that, that ease some of the burdens for teachers and students? And then, you know, re-enliven them and engage them in a way that's different. Um, this experience I had last night, it was like midnight, kind of a night owl. And um, I heard all this banging kind of outside my kitchen door and I have this glass door and you know, there's cats and we have a bunch of different animals. And I, I went over there and there's this huge raccoon that was basically staring at me from, a, from the other side of this glass and it kind of backed off and, and I crouched down and I just was motionless for like probably like five or 10 minutes as this thing kept getting closer and closer and closer. And, you know, raccoons are a little, you know, I don't have great experiences with raccoons um, just in terms of like pets and just they're kind of creepy a little bit. Um, but I was staring basically at this wild animal for like 10 minutes and it was like got closer and eventually... It got so close, it started sniffing under the door. And basically, I had my nose up to the glass, and it puts its face up to the glass as well. I was like, that was, that's like a crazy experience that I'm having partially because I'm slowing down and almost being open to those experiences. But then I started thinking if I was a kid and just had that experience, this like with the natural world, how could I come back to a class that was going to meet the next day and be able to like dig into that? Like, and so that just got me thinking about like those possibilities that we can give kids to, to take these really big experiences and bring them, you know, explore them in a totally different way. To me, that's really exciting. I know for a lot of people, that's really scary. I, I mean, I love that you share that. I had a similar moment outside with like a hummingbird that was so close the other day. And I just have never experienced it quite, quite like that. And I, that is one of the results of this slowing down of, of time by, um, you know, as a result of where we are right now and unable to move around in the same capacity that we could. And so you're asking, what I hear you asking is sort of like, how do we allow students to share those moments? Because they're probably experiencing them. Or how do we provide um, space? And as well as how do we provide space to allow them to co-create with us, like our classes? And it's a great question. I mean, my like immediate response is like, I'm too tired. I'm, I'm 
a little bit overloaded myself. Um, (laughs) That, but I think again, maybe that's always the sort of teacher response is like in an ideal world, I, I would. So. um, Well, it's it's almost to, to me, it's almost like a question of giving over a little bit of our control and our, our need to like know what we're going to do. Cause we're at a time, nobody knows what we're doing. Everyone's kind of venturing out into this, you know, the unknown, at least for the next couple of months, we're in this situation. Um, almost like trusting, you know what, we're all feeling vulnerable. We're all feeling kind of, uh, you know, in this unknown place. And I have to be as a teacher, I have to look like I'm in charge. And maybe that's not the case. Maybe it, it, kids would respond. I don't know how kids responded to like your own vulnerability when you Berkeley, when you shared my sense is kids accept that and like, Oh, this is an opportunity to, to be honest and be able to say, you know what, this is totally crazy. What if we did this together and we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out together. That's kind of my inclination. So I, you know, I always put kind of push it out there. I do find that there's this tension right now, at least I'm feeling in myself, because I theoretically am totally with you, Rob. I mean, I think I wrote a few weeks ago now where I was like, I just feel like my curriculum's not working right now. Like, I want to just toss it out. Um, And I'm still, in many ways, feeling that way. Um, But I also have this other tension in me that I think as teachers, we just over, maybe it's like the people who are attracted to teaching, or maybe it's like the, the career path molds us this way but we are such planners (laughs) we're like the way that we are good at our jobs is that you anticipate and you plan ahead and you know every move kids are going to make before they make them i mean that's what makes a great teacher in many ways and so i think this crisis is really challenging for us because we are used to be able to anticipate but we can't anticipate and so i do think that there is this tension i feel within myself where part of me i think especially like the more culturally responsive part of me wants to just be like, well, what's happening now? What's happening for the kids? How can I meet them where they are? Let's talk about how we're doing and let's co-create something together. And then the other half of me is like, that's really scary. No thanks. Like I want to actually just have my syllabus mapped out and just keep things going as they are because the kids know the routines and this is, you know, in some ways safer for them. And I do think, and this is true, that some kids would love the idea of like just jettisoning things and starting over. And for some students, actually having things like normal is actually really comforting. And so I think I'm right now in this kind of middle ground where I want to keep, you know, so for instance, like we're finishing Romeo and Juliet. We're in the middle of Romeo and Juliet. I would never have chosen that text to teach remotely. I don't think it really works in a remote context. We at least the way we set it up was not to do that. The way we were teaching it was like very class centered. We were doing choral reading. The kids were acting it out. Like we just can't do that virtually. But I was like, we're gonna finish the play. I think it would have been too complicated to not. We're gonna finish some of the things related to it. And then we are gonna do something new and different with more student input and voice that's related to what they're interested in. But I am, I just am really, I feel both sides so strongly (laughs) and I think there are colleagues like I mean Berkeley I'm sure this is true in the middle school too that just really are falling on either side of that I think some teachers are super excited about starting from scratch and thinking rethinking things and some teachers are like no I gotta like stick with what I have um 
and I don't fault either side. Like, I think I just really can see both sides so well. Yeah. yeah and I, I think those are opportunities for sure to, to then lean into the kids a little and, and share that and say, Hey, what do you guys think about this? Like here, here are the things that are floating around in my head. This is what I think I can do. This is my capacity. Is this a group of people that want to jump out and try something new or like, where are people? And I think that's my, my hope would be those honest conversations with kids could happen. Um, because we're all so exposed. We're all in that, you know, we are all together, like nationally around the world, everybody is in the same place that uh, it feels like this amazing opportunity also um, to push a little bit more and see what's possible. You know, we're, we're being given the green light in some way. I'm not saying like the administration is do whatever you want, but I'm, I just think the circumstances are prompting that. Um. Yeah, I do think a lot about that, like that permission, that green light, like what's it going to take? And I think bigger picture, like, you know, what are we going to take away from this experience that will shift education forever? Like in, um, in many ways, like how, well, I hope we don't just go back to everything exactly the way it was, right? This seems like a learning opportunity. Um, and, uh, and yet there is, there is a lot of tension between mm -hmm. the, the known and the unknown. Um, and I feel that in, on many levels as a parent, as an educator, um, you know, so that's, that's, that, that's very real yeah. <laughs> as, as you're trying to navigate all the software and the you know, gadgets that come with trying to build bridges across the screen. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, maybe this is a good place to pause or stop. Um, I feel like we, we've covered a lot of ground. I feel like there's, a, there's kind of a sprawling conversation going on here. I was just thinking it would be really interesting to bring the three of you back in like two or three weeks again to continue the conversation and say, well, here... I feel like you're, we've, we're leaving it at this kind of open-ended, like, what do we do now? Where are people going? There's all this emotional stuff. It would be fun to, um, I'd be interested in, in a couple of weeks, three weeks, pick it up again and see where things have come. You guys game to come back and chat more? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. thanks for taking some time and doing this Zoom interview. <laughs> Thank you for letting us just Thanks talk. Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> it was really like hearing that first part where Berkeley and Kelly were sharing. I honestly felt like crying. It felt really lovely to have people naming what I've been feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's why I really appreciate the three of you coming on. And I appreciate Crystal when you, when I first put it out, like where, where's the magic and, and yeah. all of you really, your response was all, <laughs> what are you talking about? I do not want to be part of that conversation. Yeah, I was like, I have nothing to share. <laughs> I have like, nothing I, to share. Like, seriously, the day I you texted, I was just at my wit's end. I was like, I can't teach like this. Like, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. I just yeah. feel yeah. so, it's so out of my realm of expertise. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's, that's why I really appreciate the three of you. I think you're, you're amazing teachers, but can be so real and be like, we're not going there. And I think, <laughs> I think this conversation is the conversation people want to hear anyway. I, I think um, we're all in that 
looking for the magic, but maybe not, nobody's really there yet. So I think that takes more pressure off people. I think if you would have all come on and be like, oh, I totally have it together. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm one week into this thing and like, what's going on? Like, I, I love it. The kids are doing great. And I think that would probably have freaked everybody out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have a real conversation yeah. <laughs> about well, it for sure. Well, have a relaxing weekend. And, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. We'll Middle school again. has a happy hour in a little bit. Oh, Excellent. so fun. That's so oh sweet. Oh my gosh. You guys it's have done such so a much fun. socializing. I love that. It's really, um, yeah, I, it was like the highlight, it's been the highlight of remote learning for me. <laughs> I've been doing the ball tossing in my classes, Berkeley, and it's yeah. such, it's so great. Like I want more things like that that are like physical, but that we can still, I don't know, but I, I like want a list of them, but they don't exist yet. I know. I think we have to start to make them, make a list until we find another list. Cause yeah. um, little things like that are huge. Like, those and it's are funny. I haven't even you, done that in my class. Oh, I did it with I my love CNC, it. but okay, I'm going to do that. The ninth <laughs> graders love it. And it's like this great way they have, they remember who's gotten the ball better than if they just share out. It's so cute. I love oh, that's it. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so glad that makes well, my I'm day. Actually, I'm in the process. I, I want to put a little video together of all of those little things. Oh, My hope great. is oh, next cool. week to do that uh, and try to like get teachers. That teacher is what I want, Rob. Yeah, yeah, teachers just showing like, here are the little things, the little things that I do to, to spark up. Because you know, that's what feels missing for me. I just, yeah. I, it's not there and the side conversation, right? Because they're all muted. So I'm used to ninth graders like blurting stuff out and like flirting and just like normal ninth grade <laughs> behavior and it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I totally agree with you, Crystal. It's like the weirdest feeling. It's so weird. It's just like a wall of people and you're just like, okay, or, or put something out there. Uh, yeah. I've been doing things like draw something really quick and hold it up or, yeah. you know, like give me a, a show. We're only going to show our scores at the same time and rate how you're feeling. I don't know. Just exactly like that kind of stuff. I know I changed instead of using zoom polls, I got away from that and I just had them using like their fingers and like just anything that's like physical ish. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. It's yeah. not the same. We need more. Yeah. We need, that's what we need is like a physical zoom. Like what are we doing? Yeah. So yeah, okay. ways to use our bodies or like the real world in zoom. Yeah. So Rob, thank you for making that video. I, I know. Love it. Thank you, Rob. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, Can't I'm not making, it. it's not going to be me. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be someone like Sherry who's doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Great. I'm That's sure. Great. I know. I feel like actually the lower school teachers, I probably could learn so much from right now. Yeah. Me too. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Have a great yeah. weekend, See, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Thank Take you. care. Bye. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Bye, Crystal. Thanks for listening to this episode of Elevate. If you have questions, ideas, or want to share your story, please send us an email. Elevate at catlin.edu.